Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because Jesus told us to stand firm and that the man who endures until the end, that man will be saved. Amen. And so I want to pick up back on the lesson on whether or not we have to keep the law. Because with yesterday's episode, I wanted, I want to give another teaching on it, just so that we can get it firmly planted into our spirits. So today, we are going to look at the purpose of the law. We're going to look at some Old Testament scriptures as well as some New Testament scriptures because because the question on the floor is, must we keep the law? And the answer to that is no. We are saved by grace. Amen. So before we get started, we are going to pray, and I will be reading straight from my notes. So, the fact that it is on paper, you may hear some rustling. I apologize in advance, but I'm reading from my paper notes today. Okay. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we want you Father, we want you to be our King, our God, our Lord, our Teacher. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, on our behalf, fulfilled the law to perfection. And Father, Jesus died on that cross. He suffered. He died for our sins. And then he was buried. And on the third day, you rose Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ Jesus is alive today. 
Father, you said in your word that over 500 people saw Jesus in his resurrected body. And we know that he is sitting at your right hand, waiting to make his enemies his footstool. So Jesus died a horrific death so that we don't face your wrath. And Father, we understand from the scriptures that the law was given to Israel. The law showed mankind just how sinful we were. Teach us today the purpose of the law. Teach us today that we are under grace for believing in your son, Jesus. So, Father, I ask for clarity. I ask for wisdom and discernment. May the Holy Spirit teach us today sound doctrine so that we would so that we will not be led astray by false teachers by false brethren and by these doctrines of devils that the apostate church who only want to get your people's money so that we don't be led astray by what is not true. Father, I give you thanks. I give you all of my worship. And like and like Jesus told us, we are to love you with everything within us and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we see that we are under the law of Christ Jesus, which is all about love, which is all about loving you and loving others. Father, I pray that today's lesson bring you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So here we go. Like I said, I just want to piggyback off of the lesson we did yesterday about tithing in particular and how tithing and the law, you have people angry at God because we all fell for the lie about how if we give God money through tithes and offerings that he will give us money back. And I did by the Holy Spirit and in death teaching on that. So if you if you haven't tuned in to yesterday's podcast, please do so. It was all about tithing and the law. And so today I just want to recap, if you will, and give us some more scriptures. Amen. And so the question on the floor today is must we keep the law? You know, those 613 laws that God gave to Moses to give to the children of Israel. Just like we found out in the scriptures yesterday that the law was given to Israel. It was not given to the rest of the world. 
Amen. And so the answer to today's question is no. We do not have to keep the law. First of all, it was never it was never given to us to keep in the first place. And that thank you Holy Spirit, and that is where the confusion lies. Because we think that it was given to the Gentiles, us, in the 21st century. And no, it was not. It was not given to the body of Christ at all. And why not? Because now that Christ has come on the scene and died for our sins, we are saved by grace. When we believe in him, when we believe that he is the son of God, we believe that he did die for our sins. And now having believed in him, we now receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are no longer under God's curse because we can't keep the law. We couldn't have kept it anyway if it was given to us. Because Israel couldn't keep it. The only person, the only man that walked on this earth, on this flat earth, that was able to fulfill all 613 of them were, was the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so since he fulfilled it on our behalf, we are we are no longer under God's condemnation. We are no longer under his wrath to come. We don't have to suffer suffer the penalty that came with not being able to follow the law all of it. All of it. We no longer have to be afraid of being stoned or or being separated from God in the lake of fire for all of eternity eternity and this is all because of Christ laid down his life for us as a willing sacrifice so let's look at some scriptures telling us in the New Testament, that we are saved by grace. And you know, the most famous one is Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. That says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. It's not saying that we have been justified by keeping any of the law. No, it's telling us, we have been saved by grace through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, because we know that that's what the law was all about. It was about works, but now not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Amen. And then we have Titus 2.11. For, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Romans 5.1-2. Because see, I'm giving us scriptures 
that confirm that we have been saved by grace. And this is all through faith in Jesus, in what he has accomplished at the cross on our behalf. So Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Amen. Uh, Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, it doesn't say, therefore, since we have been justified by keeping the 613 laws of Moses that includes tithing and, and Sabbath keeping and the Ten Commandments. No. It says we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Amen. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Amen. Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, because the question was, what must we do to be saved? Now, Peter could have simply said, keep the law. But that's not what he said. Look at what he said to the question. He said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Titus 3, 7. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Folks, these scriptures cannot be clear enough. John 6, 28 to 29 says, Then they said to him, What must we do to be... Um, no, no, no. What must we do to be doing the works of God? And what did Jesus, our Lord, say? Did he, did he say in the next verse... Oh, well, you must be doing the works of the, of the law. Nope, this is what the master said. Because the question was asked of him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Amen. And that's faith. Listen, Jesus did not tell them, oh, well, you must keep tithing. You must keep the Sabbath. You must keep all the Ten Commandments because those are, are the works of God. No, he told them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. 
And who was he talking about? He was talking about himself, that you must believe in him. This is the work of God to answer your question. Amen. And so let us come over here to my notes because the Holy Spirit. Okay, because what are we talking about today? We're talking about whether or not if we must keep the law. Because apparently this is running mass confusion throughout the body of Christ. And I can understand why. You want to know why? Because of false teachers and the false brethren who are perpetrating a fraud. They are lying on God that we must, in order to be in right standing with him, that we must do some stuff along with grace. Because see, that's the confusion. They keep telling us, these teachers, that we are under grace. Okay, but then why are they having us participate in any of the law? any and so that's why we are confused we thinking that we are under the law and we are under grace and the reason why we think we are under the law still is because they have the people tithing and we know nowhere in the in the new testament that it commands just like the old testament commanded israel to tithe and it went into explicit detail about the tide that, first of all, it was never about money. That it, it was about crops and grains and vegetable, vegetables and fruit and sacrificing of unblemished animals. Nowhere in the New Testament does it tell us about tithing for us to keep it like that. And what they love to twist in the New Testament is the account of Abraham meeting Melchizedek on the way back from a huge battle. Abraham over there in Hebrews, I believe is what, chapter 7, where it was just recounting a story about how, how Abraham met Melchizedek because Abraham was on his way back from this huge battle. And when he ran into Melchizedek, Melchizedek gave Abraham a blessing. And in return for that blessing out of love, Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils. False teachers took that story and the fact that it was telling us how the tide was in Abraham. And so when the children of Israel came on the scene, tithing was already in Abraham's loins. So the children of, of Israel that came from his line, God has set the Levitical, the, the tribe of Levites to be the Levitical priests who were in charge of the tithe. And so it was telling us about that. It wasn't setting forth as a doctrine to do it. 
It was just telling us about it, giving us some insight. But oh no, no, what did these wolves and sheep clothing do? They twisted that story, made it a doctrine of devils. So to back up their lie and greed to say, see, tithing is mentioned in the New Testament. And that's all that it was. It was mentioned. It was never a commandment. And that is the difference. The problem comes into play because when they cherry pick something, we don't go back and read that scripture in its full context because the Holy Spirit would have shown you that this is just a recounting of a story. And so they lifted this story to now be a doctrine. They made that doctrine up so that to prove, because once we look at these scriptures and we go, wait a minute, tithing is not for the New Testament believer. So what did they do? They came up with the story over there in Hebrews 7 about Abraham and Melchizedek and said, oh, well, we could create a doctrine because see, over here, tithing is mentioned. Mentioned. Well, if that was a commandment, why didn't Paul mention it? Why didn't Peter mention it? Why didn't John mention it? So, let us understand, folks, that the Holy Spirit will bring into every true born-again believer in Christ remembrance. All what Jesus said about the Ten Commandments and how loving God with everything within us will restrain us from following after other gods and disobeying him. And we will love our neighbor not by committing sins against them and with them. So we see that under grace... Through Christ's finished work at the cross, all the law is fulfilled. It is not abolished, but fulfilled in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Because those Torah keepers who, who say that they are followers of Jesus they want us to believe, along with the Pharisees of the 21st century, that we must also keep the law. Especially, they hone in on the Ten Commandments, Sabbath keeping, and tithing. Okay. The problem is, anytime you keep the law, there's some bringing animals to the temple. And we know that Paul has told us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. There is no temple, no brick and mortar building. God did not transfer the Levitical priesthood who, was, who were in charge of the tithe. He did not transfer that to any mere mortal in the 21st century to be now in charge of the tithes 
first of all, there is no temples. There is no storehouse because that's where the food and the, and the crops and the grain were stored for the priests because they didn't work. There is no altar to sacrifice unblemished animals. There is no cattle farm that we can go to and pluck for ourselves an unblemished animal. Slit its throat. Let it bleed all on the altar. We don't do those rituals. And so they would twist it to say, oh, well, we don't have to keep it like that because that was the Old Testament. Exactly. It was the Old Testament and it was never for us. God is the same. Yesterday, just like his son, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So God did not transfer anything over to any pastors that they are in charge of the tithes. Because Paul tells us, I believe is what in 2 Corinthians about giving that if we want to give to the church we give cheerfully and willingly without compunction without being mandated commanded and required of to give a set percent now if you want to give 10 percent fine give that if that's what you are being led to give then give it but don't give it under the threat of that if you don't do it you are under God's curse and that's all that I'm trying to convey and so we see that how under grace through Christ's finished work that the law is fulfilled because we don't ever want to forget that the Bible says that the law is holy it is righteous and good and it will judge the law breaker. But glory be to God that in Christ we have been set free from the penalty from not being able to keep the whole law, which is death, which is eternal separation from God the Father in hell and then on to the lake of fire. Amen. Because we are now under the law of Christ. Because the purpose of the law, we see the purpose of the law over there in Galatians 3.24. It says, so then the law was our guardian until, until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith so amen in place of the old testament law we who follow jesus born again new covenant blood bought believers we are to obey the law of christ we now follow the law of christ and not the law of moses Christ nailed the whole law to the, to the cross when he died for our sins. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is that he died. 
and he was buried. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. According to the scriptures, listen, he is alive today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And we see in Mark 12, 28 to 33, Jesus is telling us what the law of Christ is. It says, And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, and with all of thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment. There is none, none. Meaning, even those 613 laws of Moses, which is good, holy, and righteous, Jesus is saying that there is none other commandment greater than these, the ones, the two that he had just given us. Verse 32, and the scribe said unto him, well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Amen. And we know that burnt offerings and sacrifices had to do with the law of Moses. Amen. And so that is the law of Christ Jesus. Because God did say that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. And so... We have some New Testament scriptures because, like I said yesterday, first things first, Christ has liberated us from the bondage of the law of Moses. God wants his people to know that Jesus has fulfilled the law on our behalf and rescued us from the penalty of not being able to keep all the law because you can't keep it and you can't keep it the way that God instituted it for Israel. You listen, you want to tithe, then you need to go back into the Old Testament and see how God told them to tithe. You want to keep the Sabbath because it's not just about not going to work and not cleaning your house. No, there's a whole bunch of stuff. 
If you want to keep Sabbath, because if you're not keeping it correctly, then you are in sin because you are trying to make yourself right with God by doing it. And you're doing it now as a work, as opposed to just out of love for God. That fine, if you want to set aside a particular day to love on him, to study his word, to be at rest, all those things, then fine, do it. But don't do it with a set purpose, a, a, a commanding of your heart to do it, to make yourself right with God as if this will justify you in any way. And that's the difference. And if you want to keep it because you are this staunch proponent of the old covenant well you got to find you some um, unblemished sheep two of them okay you got to find you a levitical priest you got to find you a temple built for god you got to get an altar you got to have some choice flour and oil and grains i mean you you got to do it exactly because paul tells us that if you keep any of the law then you must keep all 613 and for the uh torah keepers who insist on keeping the sabbath well guess what you got to keep the the remaining 612 yes you do Yes, all of them. And you can't. Because if that was the case, then Jesus died for nothing if man can keep the laws of Moses. Amen. Because see, sometimes you just got to throw some clarity and some common sense on the situation. Stop trying to be so legal and 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 wanting to keep on to the Old Testament. Listen, we get it. You love God. We all love God. But we don't want to get ourselves into dangerous territory unnecessarily when you don't even have to. It's like being in jail and you have been set free, but you refuse to leave. You think that, no, it must be something else I must do in order to be set free. When the judge told you you were free, the Supreme Courts, the, the Supreme Court told you you were set free. Even your own lawyer has said, ma'am, you are free. Why are you still here in the prison system? And you over there talking about, no, no. It must be something else. I, I, I just can't believe that I'm totally free, that I have been parting, pardoned, and that all the charges against me were, were, were dropped. Nope, nope, I, I just, no, th that can't be true. No, you know what? I'm going to stay here for another 20 years. And everybody's looking at you like you are crazy, that you want to stay in jail. When you have been set free. So folks. And listen. Us new covenant born again believers in Christ. Are not commanded to do any parts of the law. 
And that includes all the tithing and keeping the Sabbath and making sure you keep all the Ten Commandments. Because guess what, folks? We fulfill all the law by keeping those two commandments that Jesus gave us over here in Mark 12, 28 to 33. Look, listen. When Jesus speaks, we listen. You call yourself a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet you want to deny his very words where this topic and issue is concerned. Now he is telling us, look, he said over here in verse 31 of what is this? Mark 12. He says, and the second is like, namely this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy thyself there is none other commandment greater than these because he was saying you got to love God with everything within you and to love your neighbors as yourself and none other no other commandment is greater than this so Sabbath keeping is not greater than this tithing is not greater than these two Keeping the Ten Commandments is not greater than these two. How clear can the ma- <clears throat> how clear can the master be? Now listen. <clears throat> Romans 8:15 says, "For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption." As sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Paul is telling us that spirit of slavery, he's talking about the law and trying to keep it. Okay. It leads to fear of what death being eternally separated from God and from Jesus. When you die, you go to hell as you await the final judgment at the great white throne that tells us in Revelation 20 how if your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire for all of eternity, being tormented day and night. There will be no relief, folks. Listen, Galatians 3.10 clearly states that if you, if you attempt to do any of the 613 laws, you must do them all. Amen. Listen, if you want to be, like I said yesterday, if you want to be set free from the false doctrine that whether it be tithing or, or Sabbath keeping, whatever, if you want to be set free from the notion and the false teaching that we must keep the law, all we got to do is read the book of Romans, Galatians, especially especially chapters 2, 3, and 5. Uh, what I said? I said Romans, right? Colossians, um, Titus, like all, all of the New Testament. Read that because Paul went out of his way to explain in chapter after chapter, 
verse after verse about how we are under grace. We are no longer under condemnation for not being able to keep the law. And besides all of that, it was never given to the Gentiles to do in the first place. Look, Galatians 5, 4 tells us that anyone attempting to be justified by the law, again, any one of them laws, any one of them, pick one, that you are trying to do, you are alienated from Christ and you have fallen from grace. Amen. Look, John nineteen thirty. Remember how Jesus said it is finished, okay? Because we see from the Gospels that Jesus did not come to abolish, abolish the law, but rather to fulfill it by how? Living a sinless and perfect life and by dying on the cross for the sins of the entire world. That is why he said it is finished. Amen. He fulfilled the law. What part of him fulfilling the law on your behalf are we not getting, folks? You don't have to be confused. This, once the Holy Spirit sheds clarity and understanding of the situation about this topic, it should be a no-brainer after all. After that, because again, the confusion is every time you go to church, here they come with the required bucket buckets about tithing. And that and what they do, they'll drag out poor Malachi. <laughs> I already explained that in yesterday's lesson. Malachi, that how you are under God's curse. And that you have been robbing God of his tithe and, and offerings. And that how if only you return back to God, he will return to you for them. Meaning that if you return money to God, because you better stop that, that stealing, okay? Then God will return the money back to you. As if that's what Malachi chapter 3 is talking about. And it is not. And then... They love to really hit home their false teaching on, on tithing is that they point out. Because see here in Malachi 3, God says, test me. Test me in this and see when I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, you won't have room enough for it. And they run with that. And because of greed in our hearts, we buy the lie because Malachi was exhorting the priest. He wasn't even talking to the children of Israel. He was talking about them corrupt priests who were robbing. They were robbing God, not us over here in the 21st century, nor the first century. So get us out of Malachi 3. God is is pronouncing judgment on these corrupt priests for what they were doing and what were they doing they were they were sacrificing sick lame and blind animals to god 
while they were keeping the choice ones for themselves. But then here they go want to sacrifice some some piece of uh, sick of an animal to God as if God was going to be pleased with that. And God is like, look, listen, why don't y'all take these same sick and lame and blind animals and go over there and give them as a gift? to one of them Roman governors and see if they were like that. He's like, listen, I am the great king. Like, how dare you? Because they were defaming his name, profaming his name, thinking that God will accept this. And then the priests, they had the audacity, audacity to even ask God, what do you mean we are robbing you? What do you mean we are defaming your name? They was like in, uh, like as if they were not in the wrong. Now, I don't know if they were just, just being facetious about it or they were just woefully ignorant and really thought that it was okay for them to do what they were doing. And God was like, listen, because apparently they were at one time doing the right thing. And so when he was saying, return to me and I will return to you, he was talking about their faithfulness. He wasn't talking about continue to bring me some money and then I'm going to give it back to you. No, that's why we have to, we got to study these scriptures. It's like we study some scriptures and then when we get to the brick and mortar churches and then when they start with the foolishness of the twisting and the cherry picking and, and the, the manipulating mind games, we could be like, oh, oh, no, no, that is not what that scripture meant. Amen. Look, we got, because in closing, I'm going to read us um, Galatians 3 verses 15 all the way down to 31. But let me give y'all Ephesians 2.15 that says, By his death he ended the angry resentment between us caused by the Jewish laws that favored the Jews and excluded the Gentiles. Why, folks? Because the law was never given to the Gentiles. See? Look, it says, For he died, talking about Christ, to annul the whole system of Jewish laws. Then he took the two groups that had been opposed to each other and made them parts of himself. Thus he fused us together, becoming one new person. And at last there was peace. Amen. Colossians 2, 13 to 14 says, You were dead in sins. And your sinful desires were not yet cut away. Then he gave you a share in the very life of Christ. For he forgave all your sins and blotted out the charges proved against you. The list of his commandments. Talking about those 613 laws of Moses, folks. It says the list of his commandments, which you had not obeyed. He took this list of sins and destroyed it. How? By nailing it to Christ's cross. Amen. So 
let us end with Galatians. Galatians, what did I say? Galatians 3. 15 all the way down to 31. Listen, because the question on the floor, remember, was do we have to keep any of the 613 laws of Moses? And the answer is no. And the reason is found over here in Galatians chapter 3. Let's start at verse 15 and read it through because this is the context. Dear brothers, even in everyday life, a promise made by one man to another, if it is written down and signed, cannot be changed. He cannot decide afterward to do something else instead. Now God gave some promises to Abraham and his child, capital C, because we know he's talking about Christ. And notice that it doesn't say the promises were to his children as it would if all his sons, all the Jews, were, spoken, were being spoken of, but to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. Here's what I am trying to say. God's promise to save them through faith and God wrote this promise down and signed it could not be canceled or changed 430 years later when God gave the Ten Commandments. Verse 18, if obeying those laws could save us, then it is obvious that this would be a different way of gaining God's favor than Abraham's way for he simply accepted God's promise. Well then, why were the laws given? They were added after the promise was given to show men how guilty they are of breaking God's laws. But this system of law was to last only, only until the coming of Christ the child to whom God's promise was made. And there, and there is this further difference. God gave his laws to angels to give to Moses, who then gave them to the people. But when God gave his promise to Abraham, he did it by himself alone without angels or Moses as go-betweens. Verse 21, well then, are God's laws and God's promise against each other? Of course not. If we could be saved by his laws, then God would not have had to give us a different way to get out of the grip of sin. For the scriptures insist we are all its prisoners. Talking about sin. The only way out the only way out is through faith in Jesus Christ. The way of escape is open to all who believe in him. Until Christ came, until Christ came, we were guarded by the law, kept in protective custody, 
so to speak, until we could believe in the coming Savior. Let me put it another way. The Jewish laws were our teacher and guide until, 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 until Christ came to give us right standing with God through our faith. But now that Christ has come, we don't. But now that Christ has come, we don't need those laws any longer to guard us and lead us to him. For now we are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we who have been baptized into union with Christ are enveloped by him. We are no longer Jews or Greeks or slaves or free men or even merely men or women, but we are all the same. We are Christians. We are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Verse 29. And now that we are Christ's crisis we are the true descendant of abraham and all of god promises to him belong to us listen to me you friends who think you have to obey the jewish laws to be saved why don't you find out what those laws really mean for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. There was nothing unusual about the birth of the slave wife's baby, but the baby of the freeborn wife was born only after God had especially promised he would come. Now, this true story is an illustration of God's two ways of helping people. One way was by giving them his laws to obey. He did this on Mount Sinai when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Mount Sinai, by the way, is called Mount Hagar by the Arabs. And in my illustration, Abraham's slave wife Hagar represents Jerusalem the mother city of the Jews, the center of that system of trying to please God by trying to obey the commandments. And the Jews who tried to follow that system are her slave children. Verse 26, but our mother city is the heavenly Jerusalem and she is not a slave to Jewish laws. That is why Isaiah, that is what Isaiah meant when he prophesied. Now you can rejoice, O childless woman. You can shout with joy, though you never before had a child. For I am going to give you many children, more children than the slave wife has. Amen. And what children are those? Those who are in Christ Jesus. We are now children of God. Amen. Look, verse 28, and I'm going to let y'all go after this. You and I, dear brothers, are the children that God promised just as Isaac was. And so we, and so we 
who are born of the Holy Spirit are persecuted now by those who want us to keep the Jewish laws. Folks, didn't the Holy Spirit just tell us about those Torah keepers, the keepers of the law who still want to bash us, who have been truly born again, Christ followers, they want to bash us and persecute us because we are not obeying, obeying any of the 613 laws of Moses. And look what Paul was telling us over here in verse 28. And you and I, dear brothers, are the children that God promised, just as Isaac was. And so we, and so we who are born of the Holy Spirit are persecuted now by those who want us to keep the Jewish laws just as Isaac, the child of promise, was persecuted by Ishmael, the slave's wife's son. But the scriptures say that God told Abraham to send away the slave wife and her son. Why? For the slave wife's son could not inherit Abraham's home and lands along with the free woman's son. Verse 31. Dear brothers, we are not slave children obligated to the Jewish laws, but children of the free woman acceptable to God because of our faith. Amen. Amen. Galatians 3, 15 to 31. Look, I told y'all, Paul went out of his way in illustration of Abraham and his, and his slave wife, Hagar, and his free wife, Sarah. He laid out this wonderful illustration about the law and about grace. So we can never be confused. If we are still confused, it's because it could be a number of reasons. Are we really truly born again? Are we heaping upon ourselves teachers to tickle our ears? Are we just being lazy? And not reading the scriptures for ourselves? Are we still in sin and want to hear about how once we are saved, we are only saved? And you think that because you are in sin, that if you give God a 10% of your money, you somehow appease him and he would just poo-poo away your sins? Folks, we are deceived and we need to wake ourselves up and repent. Glory be to God, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you so much for clarity and understanding. Thank you for showing us in your word that you demonstrated your love by sending Jesus, your only begotten son. He came to save us. We could not have kept this law even if it was given to us. But glory be to God that Jesus, your precious son, fulfilled this law to absolute perfection. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, we no longer 
have to be slave all over again to sin by not keeping this law. Which, by the way, Father, it is holy, it is righteous, and it is good. And those who reject Christ Jesus, yep, they will be judged by this law. Glory be to your name, Father. Father, I pray that your will be done in my life. I pray that your will be done where the body of Christ is concerned. Jesus, my Lord, thank you so much for what you have done for us. Can't say it enough how grateful, how humbly grateful we are, those who have truly been born again. All we want to do is obey the Father. All we want to do is to love Him with our whole hearts and minds and souls and strength. And we shall love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And you told us rightly that there is none other commandments that are greater than those two. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that because all of the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. Father, I pray that today's lesson brought you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe that Jesus is the son of the living God and that he died for your sins and that we are now under grace. We do not have to work for our salvation because then that will be a work and we will have something to boast about. And like the Bible tells us, bad company talking about these false teachers corrupt good morals and then it says we need to come to our senses as we ought and stop sinning amen and we are to be spirit-led and we are to obey god that's how we show him that we love him amen Amen. All right, folks, Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.